With us today is Steve Cates, otherwise known as Dr. Sky, and he always talks to us every weekend. So when we look up in the sky during the weekend and we try to relax, we, we dream a little bit and find out what the heck is going on. Well, John, we start the program off this Sunday morning with exciting news. This past Thursday, an asteroid known as 2023 BU actually passed the Earth by, get a load of this, John, only 2,000 miles. Remember, all those geosynchronous satellites are about 22,000 miles up in space. The object allegedly was between 16 and 20 feet. That's a near record. And this is interesting. It was discovered by a gentleman in Russia. His last name is Borisov. He was the only person to ever discover extrasolar comets. In other words, this guy is really good at what he does. But more importantly, John, that's exactly as if we're talking as we are now. You're in New York and I'm in Phoenix. So that's how close, and that's a small distance, don't you think, in the world of astronomy. That's pretty close. close. That's very close. That's amazing. So, John, there's other news today to talk about. And here's something fascinating from technology. NASA just held a press conference this past week about the development of the nuclear rocket. Them and DARPA, which is an organization that's the Defense Advanced Research Projects Group, they're now going to start really in earnest developing what they call the Draco nuclear rocket. Now, this is fascinating. This is not new news to many people in science, but for us out there listening to the show this morning, it has a lot of promise. What is it? It's a nuclear rocket that would be fueled by liquid hydrogen heated in a nuclear reactor to create propulsion. And the backstory on this is back in the 1960s, America had a test program for something like this. But unfortunately, budget cuts really stopped this project then called NERVA. And we actually could have sent a rocket, John, to Mars in 1979 and got there in record speed. That's an amazing thing. Let me get the uh, the clarification, though. The nuclear power gives us longevity so it can last for a long time. But does it give us more speed? It will, John, over the course of time, because it can do much better as far as propulsion and generate greater speeds because we're not dependent on a chemical rocket anymore. This is an almost unlimited supply of fuel. Same analogy would say, look at a nuclear aircraft carrier or any other ship or every other device that uses a nuclear power plant. It basically, if you took an aircraft carrier, they don't have to go to refuel the nuclear core for about 20 years. So it will eventually give us bigger speeds faster speeds, I should say, and move forward. A regular uh, solid fuel uh, or liquid fuel rocket to get to Mars, what's the average speed of, uh, that it will attain versus a nuclear rocket? The average chemical speed rocket, John, is pushing at about 24,000, 25,000 miles an hour. If we could sustain this nuclear-powered rocket, which would have continuous blasts of energy to propel it into space, you could get up to speeds maybe of 160,000 miles an hour, even triple that if possible. But here's another interesting backstory on this. There was a Chinese scientist that worked in the United States government known as Chan Shu Sen. He, why am I mentioning him, was so instrumental in helping us develop the early technology of the nuclear rocket. Well, we found out that he might have had some espionage connections and he was sent back to China. But the sad part of that is for America, he became the leader of the Chinese nuclear weapons program. So we had somebody here that obviously was working on this project. And now all those secrets to develop Chinese nuclear weapons were actually used and developed by this individual who was sent back to China. But the promise of this nuclear rocket, I think, is just so fascinating. 
it's a little late, don't you think, John? We could have done this back in the 70s. We should have done that 30 years ago, 40 years ago. Absolutely. For for the same reason, uh, uh, Steve, is the fact that when they came up with the shuttle, I was so much disappointed because you needed a rocket to get the shuttle up there. That shuttle did a lot of good. Obviously, new technology like we're moving on with Artemis is really good. We got a mystery of the week, John. This is interesting, too. What was the loudest sound ever heard on the planet Earth? And many people scratch their head and say, well, you know, a jet engine, John, has engine decibels of about 130 decibels. But how about this? In 1883, the volcanic eruption we know of as Krakatoa allegedly had a decibel range of 310 decibels. That's the force of 10,000 Hiroshima bombs going off. What a sound that must have been. Even 100 miles away, the sound was still at 170 decibels. The temperature on the Earth dropped, and a large cloud of dust circled the Earth. But they alleged they, they also say, excuse me, that people on ships, these were a crew, not a cruise ship, but like a working ship, a military ship, eardrums were shouted 40 miles away from the explosion. But going back to animals on the Earth, we find out that the sperm whale, of all creatures, this large animal, it can generate sounds under the ocean of about 230 decibels. These are amazing things, John. Can you imagine the force of the Krakatoa explosion? That's just off the charts. That is that is off the charts. That's amazing. It's hard to imagine uh, uh, that sound. What else is new? Well, John, we got something to talk about with the comet, this little green comet that's in the sky. We want to let everybody know that over this weekend, if your skies are clear, because the moon is not really going to interfere, it sets early, say around 10 p.m., you look toward the North Star. And if you have clear skies, find the Little Dipper itself, the constellation, and the two little stars that are at the end of the bowl of the Little Dipper. Take a pair of binoculars and scan right in that area to the right, just a few degrees, and ultimately you'll get to see this interesting comet called Comet ZTF. I've been watching it, John, from fairly dark skies, but people who have real dark skies listening to this show this morning they're in for a big, big treat because this comet, as we've said before, hasn't come around since 50,000 years ago, and it is quite interesting. It gets closest to the Earth February the 2nd at a distance safely of 26 million miles. Wow, that's a big number. Anything else before we have a cup of coffee this morning? Well, John, we just want to remind always that everybody out there can learn so much more about these subjects that we talk about. And we remind them simply to go to wabcradio.com for the Dr. Sky experience in which we're proud to have on your station, not only the information that we're talking about here in detail that people can read in blog, in blog form, but also our podcasts up there, which help people learn about all these great mysteries from astronomy, space, aviation, and weather. And we're so happy to be part of that. And we have to thank you ahead of time. Appreciate your time. Well, Steve Cates, otherwise known as Dr. Sky, thank you so much for enlightening our minds on a Sunday morning. God bless you, and God bless America. Thank you. Thank you, John, so much.